Good morning. Welcome to Talk Line on the Metro News Radio Network. Do not attempt to change the station. You are surrounded. We interrupt this program to bring you an emergency news bulletin. Repeat, this is an emergency bulletin. Keep your radio turned on. From the studios of WVRC Media and the Metro News Radio Network, the voice of West Virginia, comes the most powerful radio show in West Virginia. This, this is Metro News Talk Live with Hoppy Kerchival. Check set light up link. Activated Telos Telephone. Switch network control from Charleston to Morganton. Stand by. Q Hoppy, you're on. Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encoga Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encoga.com to learn more. Good morning. Welcome to Talk Line on the Metro News Radio Network. Joe Nelson's our producer. Austin Wright with the video stream. You can watch at WVMetroNews.com. Phone number is 1-800-765-8255. Text me 304-TALK-304. We start this morning with a really tragic story there was a mobile home fire in hardy county uh, over the weekend and it's in a community of matthias uh, right near the virginia border so hardy county eastern panhandle that first um, section of the eastern panhandle and then uh, matthias where this mobile home was located near there is um, right near the virginia border and in this fire five people died a man and four children five people in all joining us is jason baltic jason baltic is deputy state fire marshal and chief investigator jason good morning uh, first of all just a terrible terrible tragedy what do you all know so far about this fire uh, good morning with this fire it was a uh, single wide mobile home um we uh, originally had six people inside the residence the adult female was able to escape uh, four children and an adult male were, were not. Um, the uh, fire, it looks like the fire to us uh, started in, in the living room area um, of this this mobile home and spread from that area um, pretty rapidly throughout the rest of the mobile home. Um, we're, everything in that living room was completely destroyed. There's nothing left in there floors and all they're all gone so that obviously makes it extremely difficult for us to figure out what started the fire jason uh, i heard that an earlier interview with you on metro news where you had talked about a possibility of space heaters being in the mobile home i uh, don't want to jump too far ahead there could that have contributed to the fire electrical fire any idea it, it, it is possible we did find the remnants of a space heater within the uh, debris in the living room um but with the amount of damage, there's no way we can say that that space heater was or was not involved in the cause of the fire. Jason, as you said, there was an adult male and four children who died in that fire. The children ages one, two, three, and five. So this was a family situation. The mother, and this was a, a blended family, I believe, the mother of um, several of the children was able to get out and try to get help. What do you know about that? Uh, she was able to uh, get out through one of the windows. Um, some family to her live across this uh, this road um, from her residence. She ran to that residence and got people up there, um, and they they were able to call nine one one. And family members from that house went to the trailer trying to get in to uh, to get the kids and and the gentleman out and. Uh, there was the heat and smoke just kept them from being able to get inside. 
And was there some evidence that is this a situation where perhaps the individuals were aware that there was a fire and tried to get out or no way to get out? Is there any way to determine that? Uh, we're, we're not really sure. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, we didn't find any remnants of smoke detectors. We have no evidence that shows that there were smoke detectors. Um, at some point, you know, the female was alerted to the fire. Now, that could have been um, the smoke could have woke her up or, or something like that. Uh, we did find where two of the children, it appears that they had, had possibly tried to they left the bedroom um, and they were in the hallway area. So um, there's a good possibility they were trying to find their way out as well. Just, um, just awful. Uh, Jason, as the deputy state's fire marshal, is there any, anything we can learn from this to try to prevent something like that in the future? You said there was no evidence of smoke detectors. I mean, those are, just that. I mean, we should have smoke detectors, right? And have some idea of how to get out in case there's a fire. I'm not assigning any blame to anybody. I'm just saying that in order to prevent something like this in the future, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, smoke detectors. I mean, that that is uh, a huge, huge uh, way to keep from this happening. Um, there's countless lives that have been lost because of no smoke detectors, no smoke alarms. Um, and it's just a simple piece of equipment that could save your life. And local fire departments, some fire departments will, will give those out. We'll install them for free. The state fire marshal's office, we have a program we run through the Red Cross that we will come and install them. Um, people just have to let us know if they need one. Um, and that that is a one of the biggest things that I could tell anybody is make sure you have smoke detectors. Deputy State Fire Marshal Chief Investigator Jason Baltic. Jason, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. 28-year-old man, four children, ages 1, 2, 3, and 5, uh, dying in a fire in Hardy County, mobile home fire. Mother barely escaped the fire, being treated for injuries in a Virginia hospital. Let's go to uh, Brad McElhinney, Metro News Statewide correspondent. Uh, awkward segue, Brad. Uh, the West Virginia legislative session begins on Wednesday. Interim committee meetings are underway. There was a briefing on Friday of legislative leaders. The West Virginia Press Association had a gathering where uh, legislative leaders talked about what's ahead this session. So what tops the list? What kinds of things will we be writing about, talking about this session? Hi, Hoppy. Uh, first, uh, you know, our hearts go out to that family and to the community. Yeah. So very, very, it's very sorry. terrible. You know, I this is uh, an awkward moment for the legislative session. As you've mentioned, interim meetings are underway at, as we speak. The governor's big speech is Wednesday evening. Tune in. And I think we're going to have kind of a, a what we call in politics a hodgepodge session. You know, the, the, the big goal of the Justice Administration and of the majorities in the House of Representatives, House of Delegates, and the Senate was uh, the tax cut that West Virginians are currently experiencing. Uh, this will be Governor Justice's final state of the state, and during his regular briefing last week, he began to reflect on that. And I think you're going to hear kind of a bookend speech from him. I think he's going to say, "When I walked in the door." The state's finances were uh, in a very, very, very challenging situation, uh, really in the red. 
and that the state recovered from that to the point that last year the state's leaders felt confident enough to proceed with the tax cut that that the citizens are benefiting from right now, but that the government is going to have to assess what can be spent on other things. You know, the price of insurance is going up for the state and for employees. Uh, one of the hot button items the governor has proposed beforehand is a 5% pay increase, and we will see if the state's finances truly allow that. And at that um, get-together on Friday, uh, the leaders of the House and Senate, uh, Craig Blair and the Senate, Senate President and Roger Hanshaw, House Speaker, both indicated they supported the pay raise, but it still has to get through the legislature. And uh, not everybody may be in favor of that. We'll have to see on that. That'll be one of the evolving stories. How about Senator Craig Blair uh, again saying that he's going to propose capital punishment, bringing back capital punishment, which was abolished in 1965, for certain cases of fentanyl, whether it's production or wholesale distribution. How about that? This is the subject of your commentary today, and it's worth a read, everybody. Uh, so that is that. That was the the line from Senate President Blair that got probably the most attention over the last few days, and it would be significant, historic, in the sense that. In one aspect, it would bring back capital punishment in West Virginia. Other states have uh, have considered capital punishment for fentanyl, which can be deadly in very small amounts. Uh, other states like Texas have passed the ability to per- proceed with murder charges for fentanyl distribution that involves a death. Uh, we will see what what. Senate President Blair's bill uh, does in terms of its progress through the legislative session. But, you know, here's what he said about it. He hedged. He said that he would like to get this bill into place to send a message, but also in the same breath said he doubts that anyone will be put to death in West Virginia as a result of this bill. Suggesting that capital punishment uh, would be a deterrent, and certainly there'll be considerable debate about that. Uh, Brad, House Speaker Roger Hanshaw said that what seemed to be on the top of his mind was uh, child care, that, uh, that there's a shortage of affordable child care in West Virginia. I don't recall whether he had any specifics, but th- what is your take on that? And what any ideas on what the state can do on the child care front, if anything? You know, I think that was promotion of a tax credit for um, by by Speaker Hanshaw, and we will see what the details of that proposal are as the legislative session gets truly upon us. Uh, but that is in line with the the thing that Hanshaw repeats every place he goes, which is he wants to make West Virginia a great place to live, work, and raise a family. That is in line with all three of those goals, living, working, and raising a family. And Hanshaw, in his remarks on Friday, as he has consistently been, was uh, very excited about West Virginia's economic momentum and wants to keep that up. This comes on the heels, of course, by uh, from last week's big announcement of LG that we're still trying to understand, but the state has had a series of economic successes. And in general, what I heard was Hanshaw excited about those and wanting to build on them. Brad McElhinney, Metro News statewide correspondent. He'll be part of the Metro News team covering the session. It begins on Wednesday, stay the state Wednesday night. Live coverage here on Metro News, and Metro News will again be, uh, Talkline will again be broadcasting from the Upper Rotunda on Wednesdays and Thursdays. We'll have coverage every day, but I'll be there Wednesdays and Thursdays at the AARP broadcast location. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, Hoppy. And we'll be right back. Talkline continues after this. 
It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the health plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, the health plan. Despite the ill-fated efforts of President Biden and his wealthy New York friends, West Virginia coal is thriving and being shipped to 45 countries worldwide. Given its high quality and clean burning properties, countries across the globe are demanding and consuming it. And in-state production continues to grow. With billions of dollars of recent investment in West Virginia mining operations, combined with the reliability of our coal-fired electric manufacturing facilities, West Virginia coal is here to stay. No other fuel in the world matches West Virginia coal for base load generation and steel making. Like a good friend, it's always been and always will be there, keeping the lights on and contributing greatly to our growing economy. In fact, coal continues to sustain 50,000 plus West Virginia jobs, putting food on the table for Mountain State families. Visit friendsofcoal.org to learn more. A message from the Friends of Coal. West Virginia is home. It's where we work, live, and raise our families. At the heart of our communities are West Virginia hospitals and their compassionate caregivers. From life-saving treatments and emergency care to wellness support and screening services, we are improving your quality of life through extraordinary achievements and amazing results. West Virginia hospitals, your health is the heartbeat of our communities. This is Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. This Saturday and every Saturday throughout the high school basketball season. Don't miss the high school basketball roundup, a weekly update of high school teams across the mountain state featuring scores, rankings, and in-depth features. Join Kyle Wiggs, Joe Bricado, and your host, Fred Persinger, for the latest high school basketball news on the high school basketball roundup from the voice of high school sports in West Virginia, the Metro News Radio Network. Hi, this is Hoppy Kirchable, inviting you to join me weekdays from 10.06 till noon for Metro News Talk Line. Each day, I try to provide the very latest news and information about our state and our nation. I interview newsmakers and thought leaders who help us better understand these stories. Yes, I mix in my observations, but mostly I just want us to be better informed. So I'm inviting you to be my radio and streaming companion as we sort out and work through the news and information of each day. That's Talk Line, weekdays, 10.06 till noon on this Metro News Radio Station. Hey everybody, it's Tony Caridi. And I'm Brad Howe. And that makes two of the three guys that bring you the podcast entitled Creatively Enough. Three guys before the game. It's our opportunity to really drill down on WVU football and basketball. We break down the opponent and then review every single game. We'll give you some numbers. We'll bicker back and forth. We'll take your calls, your texts, your tweets, and get into some of your questions. And we invite you to join us each and every episode at Three Guys Before the Game from Metro News. 
Metro News Capital Report, bringing you the latest news from the West Virginia State Capitol Complex and the 2024 legislative session. Hoppy Kerchival, Jeff Jenkins, Brad McElhinney, and the rest of the Metro News staff bring you daily updates on what's happening inside the House of Delegates and State Senate, including committee meetings and introduction of bills. Each weekday morning and afternoon, get the Capitol Report on your favorite Metro News radio station. Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance, encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Talk Line from the Encova Insurance Studios, Jared Halpern, Fox News Radio, Washington, D.C. joins us. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. How are you, Hoppy? I'm well. And you? Good. Survived the Nor'easter, so we're, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Usually that makes Washington like, oh my gosh, it's a snow flurry. Everybody go home. We didn't really get that. I mean, a little bit of snow. It was mostly a, a wind and rain event. Um, gross day but you know well it's, it's, a, it's, it's to prepare you for when you go to iowa <laughs> Ooh, man i just saw the forecast yes. for next week uh highs i think the high for the three days i'm there is like eight degrees every day so it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, i don't know why there hasn't been more of an effort to move the first in the nation to like the hawaii caucuses <laughs> Let's give the U.S. Virgin Islands a chance to to see if they can select the next president. Puerto Rico, somewhere. Puerto Rico, Guam. Yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> that's the Group price. Of voters on the Florida Keys. I don't know. <laughs> it's the it's the price. It's the price we almost pay for democracy. I, I, I guess. I suppose. Yeah. And then we get to follow it up to New Hampshire, which is also known for its uh, really balmy uh, January. <laughs> oh gosh! And we're going to talk to you when you get out there. But meantime, Congress is coming back this week. And and I, I see yeah. that they've they've the the negotiators have reached agreement on on spending bills, right? Significant, at least on top line budget numbers. Yeah, um, and that's important because you can't start the appropriations process without knowing kind of how much money everybody's going to to be allowed to spend. And so, this was a big breakthrough. It, it doesn't totally rule out, but it certainly reduces the risk of uh, partial government shutdowns later this month. And um, next month, because, um, you know, if you have sort of a, a figure on here's how much we're going to spend on the domestic side, here's how much we're going to spend on the defense side, then it's a lot easier to move forward on even kind of short term spending bills as the appropriations process uh, moves forward. You know where spending cuts are going to happen and you can start implementing those even in a short term kind of piece of legislation. So it's significant. I also think that it is notable that this was able to, to occur while Congress was away. Um, sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, negotiations uh, are helped without kind of the forces that exist in the U.S. Capitol. Um, you know, not just from reporters, but constituencies and other members, right? So now this is going to have to survive that. Um, Congress gets back, like you said, this week, today. Um, we've already seen, especially the right flank of uh, the House uh, uh, caucus, uh poo-poo this. They don't like it. They don't think the spending cuts go nearly enough. Doesn't have a lot of the policy riders that they were looking for. And so this is going to be another challenge for um, Mike Johnson. You know, he kind of got a pass on that first uh, CR that he agreed to because he had just kind of gotten into the job and he didn't face a lot of backlash for putting together a deal that essentially was the exact same thing (laughs) that that, um, uh, Kevin McCarthy had put together. 
Well, this one's also pretty similar to that deal that Kevin McCarthy and, and Joe Biden put together. So let's see what that means for him, for his leadership. Is he able to kind of get this across the finish line? The argument, of course, is going to be that this does include spending cuts and that a, a year-long uh, spending process uh, takes this off the table in an election year. Congress is not going to be here an awful lot this year, right? Okay. They have the August recess. They also were gone the entire month of October. So, um you know, you're working with a different kind of calendar here. And there is a lot of um, motivation, I think, especially from congressional leaders to see if they can get the spending issues off the table here um, and, and focus on kind of the issues yeah. they'd like to focus on. If you're Mike Johnson, you want to focus this year on immigration and the border. Yeah, what's up with that? I got a two and a half minutes. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, this is something that's happening in the Senate. That We are told right. by the administration that Senate Republicans and Democrats are making progress, that they think they're going to have something uh, to kind of present sooner rather than later. The House has said they don't care. The House Republicans have said that they're going to stand firm on their bill, H.R. 2. Uh, it was passed through the House on, on Republican votes. It's gone nowhere in the Senate, will not go anywhere in the Senate, does not have support from Democrats. They call it uh, anti-immigrant, extreme. It deals with asylum procedures. It deals with border walls. A lot of things, a lot of Trump era policies that, that Democrats simply are going to reject. And so that's going to be the, the, the big question. Let's say that the Senate is able to come together on an agreement. You know, OK, they pass that. It goes to the House. The Speaker of the House gets to decide what hits the floor. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So even if it had, let's say, support of enough Republicans with a bunch of Democrats to get over the finish line, it's still got to get to the floor. It's still got to pass rules vote. It, there is a process there. And so it's going to force, I think, the House and White House probably to engage in a way that they haven't so far. That The complaint from the White House has been that House Republicans have been unwilling to negotiate in the same way that Senate Republicans have been negotiating. Well, it, it's I mean, it's so fraught with with political danger. I mean, you mentioned asylum, mm-hmm. even the word asylum. Uh, causes tremendous consternation, right? I mean, just... Well, yeah, and the other issue is, like, we talk about the the dispute between Republicans and Democrats, but think about the dispute between Democrats and Democrats, Republicans and Republicans, right? You're going to have a faction of Republicans that are going to say anything uh, that is short of full deportation is amnesty. You're going to have progressive Democrats that say, wait, why are we being anti-immigrant? We're making it harder for asylum seekers, not easier. That's the issue, too, that both sides are going to have to contend with. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jared Hopper, Fox News Radio, who is, uh, well, listen, I'm sure that, uh, I don't know, one of those outdoor places, J. Crew, or uh, one of those outdoor places can. Well, know. I'm just going to have to make sure that I can find a place up there in the uh, frosty Midwest to watch my Cowboys beat the uh, the Packers on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Cowboys are in. They're in. Well done. Well done by the Two Cowboys. Seed home games. Totally well, it's, it's, different playoffs. Uh, you got the home games for the Cowboys. It, it, better than going to Green Bay, that's for sure. Well, sure. I mean, they essentially had a home game yesterday, too, even though it was here in, uh, in D.C. Yeah, that was... Uh, there were not a lot of Commanders fans in that state. Well, Washington's just... They fired their coach today. And, they did, yeah. yeah so yeah, that's uh, Washington's in a bad bad state. But uh, All right, listen, man, I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, thanks. Take care. Jared Halpern, Fox News Radio. Um, I didn't mean asylum. I meant amnesty. That's the word that, that sends everybody into a tizzy. Asylum, amnesty, et cetera, et cetera. All right, we'll take a break and come back on Metro News Talk Line. Ten years ago tomorrow, it's hard to believe it's been ten years. Ten years ago tomorrow, 
the leak of the dangerous chemical from that tank into the Elk River that fouled the water supply for 300,000 West Virginians. Talk about that next. When Talk Line continues on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. 1030, let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Radio Network. Find out what's happening statewide this hour all across the great state of West Virginia. Virginia Metro News. I'm Kerry Hudasek. Overcrowding in the state's jails and prisons might be a big topic of discussion this legislative session. The committee that oversees corrections meets tomorrow morning. State Corrections Commissioner Billy Marshall says the overcrowding issue is affecting each facility in the state differently. Overall, we're, we're over 160 uh, over right now in all 10 jails combined, but we have a number of jails that have that have beds available. The session begins Wednesday. Meanwhile, a weekend rally at the state capitol was held to draw attention to conditions at the state's jails and prisons. Kimberly Burks lost her son Quantez Burks in 2022 when he was beaten to death as an inmate at the Southern Regional Jail. Six former West Virginia corrections officers have been indicted in connection with her son's death. We need help. We have asked over and over again with no success. Where do we go from here? In the last five years, at least 25 people have died at the Southern Regional Jail. Read more at WVMetroNews.com. Deputy State Fire Marshal Chief Investigator Jason Baltic says they probably won't be able to tell what started a weekend fire at a mobile home in Hardy County that killed five people, including four children. He says it started in the living room of a home near the community of Matthias early Saturday morning. The victims include a 28-year-old man and four children, ages 1, 2, 3, and 5. And an event is planned at the State Culture Center in Charleston tomorrow night to mark the 10-year anniversary of the 2014 water crisis. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Thanks to all who have sent in some fantastic pictures of your hunting and fishing adventures to our Hoodoo Sports Trophy Photo Contest. Check out the gallery at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. Also, submit your pictures now and get in on the final monthly drawing, plus the grand prize drawing, a Hoodoo Sports Fishing Kayak, for which we'll draw during the month of February. Learn how to submit your pick by clicking the Hoodoo Sports icon at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. And remember, if it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. Met Coal makes steel. Did you know that metallurgical coal impacts our daily lives in many ways? It's the coal used in the steel making process, driving over a bridge, or loading your family into an automobile. You experience the value of metallurgical coal. Most Met Coal produced in the United States is found right here in our Appalachian basins. Infrastructure, comfort, and convenience. All made possible by metallurgical coal. Learn more about Met Coal and the impact of the Metallurgical Coal Producers Association at metcoalproducers.com. And remember, Met Coal makes steel. Help will be available tomorrow for state residents who need to sign up for health insurance coverage. It's part of the first annual Cover West Virginia Day. West Virginia Navigator Program Director Jeremy Smith says walk-ins are welcome. You can just show up with no appointment and be able to talk with either a navigator or a certified application counselor who is just, you know, grant funded to provide free assistance. There will be more than 35 sites across the state. Open enrollment ends January 16th. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Carrie Hudasek. Talk line from me and Cove Insurance Studios in the Dale Miller building. Want to sweeten your new year? Now you can by playing the new $10 supersized Big Sweet Instant Game. There are 26 ways to win, including a chance to win a $50,000 top prize. Now, wouldn't that be sweet to get yours at a participating lottery retailer? Ten years ago tomorrow, ten years ago tomorrow, 
the smell of licorice, like licorice, started to emanate from the water supply in the greater Kanawha Valley. As it turned out, there was a leak from a degraded tank, storage tank, chemical storage tank on the Elk River at Freedom Industries, and what leaked was a chemical that was used in the coal cleaning process, got into the Elk River, and about a mile and a half downstream, the intake for West Virginia American water, uh, it overwhelmed the filters at West Virginia American water, got into the water supply, and the water supply fouled for 300,000 West Virginians in nine counties. At the time, Governor uh, Tomlin said that night, said nobody really knows how dangerous it could be, However, it is in the system. Please don't drink, don't wash with it, don't do anything with the water. Pretty ominous warning, and this would go on for weeks. Angie Rosser is with the West Virginia Rivers Coalition, and she, of course, remembers it from 10 years ago. She joins us on Metro News Talk Line. Angie, good morning. What, do you, what comes to mind when you first think about that 10 years ago? Well, good morning, Hobby. I mean, so much comes to mind. It was such a remarkable time in so many ways. I mean, we were all over national news, just the idea that a leaky tank could immediately have this kind of drastic effect on 300,000 people all at once uh, was was something we don't see very often and, and really, I think, was an awakening for me and for all of us affected to the vulnerability of our water supplies, uh, to the connection between what happens uh, when we fail to protect our water uh, from a public health perspective and from an economic perspective. I mean, if you remember, the, the whole capital city was shut down for days. It brought brought Charleston and this nine county communities down, uh, down to its knees. And it was the second day of the legislative session. So what a combination of, of things to just make a remarkable point in history. And yeah, hard to believe it. This was, we're at our 10-year mark. Yeah, Where and were you, Poppy? Were, were you down here? Yes, yes. I mean, it's right in the middle of it like you were. And what, what occurs to me as I think back, Angie, is that this was a tank that was degraded I forget exactly what the investigation found. It wasn't maybe it wasn't properly inspected, but obviously it had degraded because it was a major leak. Is that how, in hindsight, how easy it was, <laughs> frankly, yeah. for something we take for granted, and that is uh, water that we that we drink or use in a variety of ways. How easy it was for that water supply to be fouled. That's what that's what stands out to me. Right. Right. And I think that's still on the minds of people that I talk to is, you know, what I, I get asked that all the time. Is our water any safer today than it was 2014? Because could this happen again? Um, and you could know, it? the could answer, it? I, I, yes, uh, I think it could. Uh, I think it will, uh, unfortunately. Now, 300,000 people, that's a lot. But there are examples still across the state in smaller communities, smaller uh, water systems that are today, and, and Payton City is an example today, that are, are still facing contamination where it's just not safe to drink the water. Um, and there are, are really hard solutions because they're often expensive solutions. And what, 
you know, we're trying to do as a policy-oriented organization is what can we do to prevent this from happening in the first place? What can we do to protect our water so that we aren't paying the price later uh, when things go uh, disastrously wrong? Angie Ross is with us, West Virginia Rivers Coalition. There was legislation passed after that to try to further ensure the safety and security of our water supply. Did that achieve, has that gone far enough in your opinion? Well, that year, in 2014, the legislature did unanimously pass comprehensive legislation that was pretty strong. It established the Above Ground Storage Tank Act, uh, notably, and that created regulation and oversight of above ground storage tanks that we saw was greatly lacking with the Freedom Industries situation. So that was good news at first, but then starting the year after and each year, there was a chipping away of that act and more and more industries came forward to get exempt from that act. When we started the above ground storage tank act, we were regulating around 45,000 tanks and now it's hovering around 5,000. So just a fraction of the tanks that are out there uh, containing dangerous, harmful material uh, are, are still not fully you know, given the oversight that the, we think would be, um, you know, important. Angie, I think, I, I, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think the, and I understand, I, I think the point was that the legislature did act um, um, unanim- unanimously to do something and it was pretty sweeping. And then it was sort of on further review, the argument, I'll just state what the argument was that, well, that you don't need to apply the same regulation to a tank that's in the middle of nowhere as it, as opposed to a tank that's next to a water supply, uh, that it needed yeah. to be fine-tuned. What do you say to that? Well, I, I understand prioritizing and putting in place enhanced protections when you're talking about tanks, facilities that are sitting very close to a water supply, very close to a public water intake. And those are what we call under our law zones of critical concern. And as of the past two to three years, we're still seeing bills coming forward to exempt tanks that are located in zones of critical concern. So far, those those bills have failed, but I'm not going to be surprised if we see it come back this year or next. You know, what else I remember kind of going back was it was this horrific event. Everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, don't drink the water. How dangerous is it? On and on. And do you remember that haste that all the press went out to Freedom Industries? And I forget the guy's name, but the guy from Freedom Industries was very snippy and said, "I've had a long day," <laughs> or something yeah, to that he, effect. Yeah, as he as he as he was sipping a bottle a bottle of water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've had a long <laughs> yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Well, so yeah. tens of thousands yeah. of West Virginians. But uh, it was. It, it was- it was a very scary time because there were such so many unknowns about that chemical. And, yes. and that's something we should learn from, too, because there's plenty, thousands of other chemicals that we don't know about that are being used in our state that are remaining unregulated. So that's another area of policy that we would like to see more proactive measures taken to, to regulate chemicals that we know are being used, that we know have some um, uh, risk toward public health and and our our just our state is lagging behind and putting those protections in place. Aren't you aren't y'all doing something this week? The Rivers Coalition to draw attention to the anniversary. What are you doing? Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, which is the actual ten year anniversary, we'll be at the Culture Center starting at at five p.m. 
Uh, we've got a lot of uh, music and art and storytelling happening. So part of it's reflection. Part of it is a celebration of community. I mean, Hoppy, I've never seen in my decades of activism a moment where so many people of various backgrounds were coming together to to insist on change. And the idea of sort of reconnecting as a community around Charleston. I mean, I, I'm thinking of what's been happening at, over at the West Side earlier last year. Um, again, just brought to light that we need to take care of each other and we need to be active and involved in paying attention and decisions that are being made to make sure that we have clean water to drink, clean air to breathe, heat in our homes, um, the kind of like reliability that is so easy to take for granted until it's not there. Angie Ross of West Virginia Rivers Coalition. Angie, good to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Hoppy. All right, talk soon. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, the Health Plan. Thanks to all who have sent in some fantastic pictures of your hunting and fishing adventures to our Hoodoo Sports Trophy Photo Contest. Check out the gallery at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. Also, submit your pictures now and get in on the final monthly drawing, plus the grand prize drawing, a Hoodoo Sports Fishing Kayak, for which we'll draw during the month of February. Learn how to submit your pick by clicking the Hoodoo Sports icon at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. And remember, if it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. You know, as West Virginians, we are proud of the natural beauty of a mountain state. And at ZL Milm Architects and Engineers, our goal is to provide design solutions that give people the same pride in our built environment. That commitment to quality can be seen in recreational facilities throughout the state. From the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center to the Valley Park Community Center, the Shawnee Sport Complex, and through the recent improvements to the lodges at Pipestem Resort State Park. ZL Milm Architects and Engineers, you see us in your community every day. You're listening to TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. No matter where we stalk the fish, they're ultimately going to look for the best suitable habitat. And as an angler, that's the secret of learning how to read the water and learning where the fish are most likely to be staged for feeding. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. And then right after the cold spell, he started a pattern and uh, I came in and it was the first time I'd hunted him in the morning. About 8.30, he strolled in and uh, I finally connected with two days left in the season, really. West Virginia Outdoors covers it all Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, Outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Yeah. 
Hey everybody, it's Tony Caridi. And I'm Greg Hunter. And I'm Brad Howe. And we invite you to join us Sunday through Fridays right here on the Metro News Radio Network. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. We talk West Virginia University football, basketball, baseball, you name it. If it's got anything to do with the Golden Blue, we're on it. And don't forget the text line available every night. So we invite you to join us. The Senator, Coach Hunter, and me, Tony Caridi. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line on Metro News. News in the Mountain State happens quick and for decades you have depended on metro news for accurate news delivered fast now here's your chance to help keep your fellow west virginians informed if you see news happening become a metro news hawk by texting news to 35651 if you take a picture or video of what you see submit that as well text the word news to 35651 to submit your tip or story standard texting rates apply please don't text and drive News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchable is brought to you by Encova Insurance, encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Talk Line from the Encova Insurance Studios. A longtime former member of the West Virginia Legislature has died. Former McDowell County Senator John Pat Fanning has passed away. He was 89. Uh, John Pat had been in failing health for the last couple of months. And he died yesterday in his sleep. He was on a, at a physical rehab facility in Charleston, as I said, had been ill for uh, a couple of months. He served off and on for more than 30 years in the West Virginia legislature, always in the Senate, starting way back in 1968. Most recently, uh, he retired after a four-year term that ended in 2012. Fanning also operated three funeral homes in McDowell County. John Pat Fanning was 89, of course, a lifelong uh, Democrat. So there is a there's a story posted about John Pat at WVMetroNews.com. A new poll out from Gallup shows that American satisfaction with the way democracy is working is at a new low. This is a Gallup poll. Joining us is Rex Repass of Research America. It's not his poll, but he does polling and he evaluates polling numbers. He joins us. Rex, good morning. Good to talk to you. How are you? Good morning, Hoppy. Good to speak with you. Happy New Year. And to you, sir. So give me that number. Give me the question, the response, and what you think it means, what the implications are. Yeah, the question was about how satisfied are you with the functioning of government, uh, of, a, of, of a democracy. And only 28% of U.S. adults are satisfied the way democracy is working in our country. Uh, and that's a big drop-off since 1984, when it was nearly uh, two-thirds, about 61% were satisfied with the way government was working at that time. So quite a change in the last 40 years. As an observer, as a political observer, why do you think this is happening? Well, there have been ups and downs over the last 40 40 years. Uh, The 90s, early 90s, there was a real drop. uh, People were more satisfied with our democracy in the the mid to late 90s when the economy was good. So part of it's economic. But a big part of it is just dissatisfaction um, with Congress in particular and legislators in general. They're seen as inept. Uh, They're seen as divisive and only focused on partisan issues. And you see that in polling data, too, the confidence that American voters or the public in general have in our Congress or legislative leaders is also at uh, an all-time low. So 
basically seeing leadership is not interested in what's best for the country, but is what is either best for their party or best for them personally. Hmm. Rex Repass is with us from Research America evaluating these polling numbers from Gallup. Among major U.S. subgroups, Republicans, 17%. Only 17%. uh, Republicans are least likely to say they're satisfied. Democrats, 38%. Uh, so there is a um, a party split on the level of satisfaction. That's tr- that's right. That's what the data shows, and I think that could be explained by a couple of things. One, the political rhetoric that we have today. I mean, we're more divisive as a country than ever. So polling data that was conducted in recent weeks would show the divisiveness of the country, and you see that Republicans have a. a lower satisfaction because for many reasons. One, the rhetoric uh, from the Democratic Party and some of the rhetoric from the Republican Party. Uh, and also, I think, just the whole legal situation the, the, the former president finds himself in uh, with all of the lawsuits that have been filed and uh, what happened on January 6th, etc. I think that has also eroded confidence in all branches of government. Mm-hmm. You know, Rex, I, this this number to me is very troubling. And because look, I understand we're a republic, I always get tactical. Well, we're, we're actually a representative republic. Okay, I, I get that. But we operate under a, under a democratic system. That's the macro. And that under, under that is democratic principles uh, as defined by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So... I mix those things together, and I think when uh, when we see polling that says only one in four, um, you know, are satisfied with democracy, I wonder if they're also thinking about our democratic principles that that are supposed to guide us, and that's more worrisome to me than whether you have confidence in Congress or not. Frankly, that's uh, I don't disagree with that, and I think there are other factors that sort of amplify or magnify that. You know, we've had multiple at three impeachments since 1998 okay. there were two in 110 years yeah so impeachment as a part of our democratic republic has become a political weapon and we have we've had two uh in the in the trump administration we had one in the clinton administration we have another impeachment that is being considered now i think that is, is also harming our confidence the public's confidence in government Impeachment should have been rare, and the founders positioned it that way. They theorized that impeachment would be rare, a rare uh, uh, situation. But we've seen it three times now uh, in the last 20-plus years versus two times in in the previous 110 years. So I think that that's part of it. I think also the, um, the sort of nature of the two-party system today has had a, an effect on mm-hmm. how people mm-hmm. feel about uh, democracies, and that's something the founders warned us of. Yep. They were concerned that there would be too much focus on self-interest and not on what is good for the country. And also that there is so much emphasis, so much coverage of what happens or doesn't happen in Washington or Congress or politics, and, and we're part of that. I mean, I'm part of that. I, I, I get that. And I always liked, I believe, and I also like to think, but I also truly believe that when you, when you get out of Washington and get down to state governments and local governments, they're imperfect because they're run by people. But for the most part, I think they run relatively well. They're closer to the people. Uh, I think that, uh, that 
Uh, and I think of small things. I think of like the county clerk or the magistrate or the circuit judge uh, the, or the local police force. Again, imperfect because they're human beings, but um, our civil justice system worked pretty well. Worked pretty well. What do you think? I agree. On the you know, local, you know, local government is, starts at the. I always say at the board of education level. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the county or the or the parochial school level. And in, in general, I think that the closer uh, elected officials are to their community, the more effective. It also means that people have a greater voice yes. in what's happening in their schools or in their uh, city or village government, whatever the case may be. And, and the, the whole idea of professional polit- uh, politicians today that are in office for so many years and go in as regular guys and gals and come out as, you know, some often millionaires. Mm-hmm. That's that also affects the confidence that people have in our government. It's all then it's all about self-interest and all about what the founders were very concerned about. Rex Repass of Research America with some analysis on the Gallup poll that shows a record low in U.S. satisfaction with the way democracy is working in this country. Thanks, Rex. Good to talk to you. Good to talk with you, Hoppy. Thank you. Thank you. West Virginia high-speed Internet is coming, and CityNet is helping lead the way to connection. CityNet is West Virginia's local technology company. Their home office's phone number starts with 304. Long after the West Virginia Fiber Project is completed, CityNet will still be your internet connection. When it comes to technology, CityNet connects, protects, and perfects. Every house tells a story, and that's where I come in. My name is Erin Weston, and my husband and I own Calendar Construction in Charleston. I'm also a West Virginia Promise Scholarship recipient. After I graduated from WVU, I knew I wanted to carve a career in West Virginia. Building a small business and helping people see the potential in their home, now that's a great story. Proceeds from the West Virginia Lottery have helped generate nearly $876 million to Promise Scholarships since 2002 for students like Aaron. West Virginia Lottery. What if you play? It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you. The Health Plan. West Virginia is home. It's where we work, live, and raise our families. At the heart of our communities are West Virginia hospitals and their compassionate caregivers. From life-saving treatments and emergency care to wellness support and screening services, we are improving your quality of life through extraordinary achievements and amazing results. West Virginia Hospitals. Your health is the heartbeat of our communities. This is TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. WVMetroNews.com, the only website you need to stay informed in the Mountain State. Get the latest news and sports stories, information on the great outdoors, and never miss an episode of your favorite Metro News programs and podcasts, including Talkline, Hotline, Sportsline, and Three Guys Before the Game. Make a bookmark now and visit WVMetroNews.com first thing every morning to find out what's happening all across the state. WVMetroNews.com. 
West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. We used to always joke when we came up here that the smallmouth here are born two pounds. Uh, it's it's rare. I mean, it's, it's more common to catch a four plus than it is one under 12 inches here. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. Just got back up in my stand around 9 o'clock. He came cruising through kind of an open area that I could see on the stand. I was fortunate enough to um, bag him. Probably the biggest bread buck I've ever seen with my own eyes. Normally West Virginia deer don't get that wide. West Virginia Outdoors covers it all. Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, Outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. It's two hours of sports conversation to wrap up your weekend. It's the CityNet Sunday Night Sports Line. Hey, this is Travis Jones. Join myself and Greg Hunter every Sunday night from 6.06 until 8 o'clock as we wrap up the sports weekend. We talk Mountaineers, high school, Mountain East Conference, and the latest in the national scene. The Sunday Sports Line is listener interactive. You can call or text the show at 304-TALK-304. It's a perfect weekend sports wrap-up on your favorite Metro News affiliate or watch the show at WVMetroNews.com. Talk line on Metro News from the Incova Insurance Studios. So coming up next hour on Metro News Talk Line, Chris Starwell. And Starwell is getting ready to head to Iowa because of the, or for, the caucuses that's coming up um, shortly. Uh, also, just FYI, I'll be heading to Charleston once again. Talk line will broadcast live from the upper rotunda of the West Virginia State Capitol. And the plan is now I'll be doing shows on Wednesday and Thursday from the rotunda wednesday and thursday that's the plan right now now we'll cover the legislature every day with uh, jeff jenkins and brad McElhenney and the rest of the team and jeff of course has the capital report every day uh but um i'll be there two days a week as i'm planning now also we have coverage of the governor's state of the state address tomorrow night uh, that will be live coverage starting at seven o'clock Seven zero zero seven o'clock, and that'll last. Well, who knows how long the governor will go, and then we'll go right into the uh, Wednesday night high school uh, statewide sports line. So that's our plan for coverage this week, and I'll be back in six minutes. This is Talk Line on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia. Welcome back. Hour number two of Talk Line on the Metro News Radio Network all across the great state of West Virginia, broadcasting from the Incoventure and Studios in the Dale Miller Building. Coming up later this half hour, Kerry Hudasek will report on what Mary Lou Retton said on the Today Show this morning's first uh, big first interview. Might be the first interview since she got uh, very, very sick, deathly ill, and literally deathly ill. So we'll hear some of the comments that Mary Lou Retton made 
this morning. But first up, Chris Steyerwalt. Please welcome Chris Steyerwalt to our program. Steyerwalt is the politics editor of News Nation. He's a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, author of Broken News, Why the Media Rage Machine Divides America, How to Fight Back, and he's preparing. He's probably thought back to when he was a young lad uh, walking along the Ohio River on a January day and thought, you know, I underdressed. I didn't put on my long johns and I didn't have a good warm jacket and I better be prepared when I go to Iowa uh, coming up later. Is that correct, sir? Buddy, I tell you what, when you make the forecast uh, three degrees and snow, uh, you, uh, you, br- you brace yourself. They didn't have anything like that in Beach Bottom, uh, as I recall. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, uh, the, the amount of luggage that I have to take for a week in Iowa uh, that includes my union suit and gloves and earmuffs and all of that stuff. Uh, it, it's real. It's it's not insignificant. And the, and News Nation is going to want you to do stand-ups outside. They're not satisfied with your hotel room, right? Well, I don't know what all News Nation is going to do. We're uh, in in the immortal words of Hal Raines, we're going to flood the zone yeah, uh, on yeah. Iowa, and we're going to have a lot of stuff out there. I'm sure I'll be in the field some. Uh, I think I'll be in some locations. I don't know what all is going to happen, uh, but you can tune in starting Friday morning to find out. What are you going to be watching for? Listening, well, watching? Well, you know, I, Iowa is <clears throat> weird. Uh, Iowa has, um, this is a, a low turnout event. And as you say, it's going to be very cold and it's on a Monday night. Uh, and it's also the, it's Martin Luther King day. Uh, and so it's Monday night of a holiday weekend. Um, who goes, and, and by the way, when you go, it's not like going for the, for the Republicans, it's a little more straightforward than it is for the Democrats when the Democrats used to do the Iowa caucuses, but, uh, it's still not going to go, just go vote. You're going to go caucus right? and you have to go and there's presentations and you have to listen and it's annoying. And so we're talking <laughs> about a, a very low, we're talking about a very low turnout event. Now, uh, the most recent good polling in Iowa has Donald Trump up 32 points on Ron DeSantis uh, with Nikki Haley clo- close by. Um, I don't expect that to I don't I don't expect somebody other than Donald Trump to win. What we're looking for in Iowa is so the the problem with saying that you're the greatest. What did Joe Namath say? It's not bragging if you back it up. Right. So Trump has been going around and he exaggerates. You, you'll be shocked to hear this. Donald Trump exaggerates uh, his advantage. <laughs> I'm, I'm winning by 60 points. Uh, I'm No one is even close, blah, 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 blah. So for Trump, if he basically gets 50% support or more, he's delivered on the premise. Every point below that and any narrowing of the delta between him and DeSantis or him and Haley is significant. So let's what what does a loss, uh, quote, un, a quote unquote, loss look like for Donald Trump in Iowa? 40 percent, 39 percent with a 10 or 15 point advantage uh, over the, the closest competitor. Most dangerous for Trump would be if the closest competitor somehow is Nikki Haley. Um, the, 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 the worst thing for Trump would be, so any, so the best case for Trump, he wins by 20, 
five points. He crushes them. And DeSantis is in second place. And we get to New Hampshire with Republicans saying, look, it's all over anyway. Just give the guy what he wants and let's move on. Worst case scenario, somehow Haley gets ahead of DeSantis. And they're close enough. And there's enough fluidity in Iowa caucus results. And we know this from every previous caucus. There's always movement. And if somehow Nikki Haley were to get ahead of Ron DeSantis and finish second, and if Donald Trump wasn't in a robust commanding lead, which is to say, if he only won by 15 points or something, uh, if that happens, that tees up New Hampshire eight days later as a very consequential contest, right? Um, Because now DeSantis is out, right? If he, if, because that's what... Donald Trump hates Ron DeSantis. Lord, does he hate Ron DeSantis. But he really needs Ron DeSantis right now. He really needs Ron DeSantis to keep the non-Trump vote divided. He really needs him there. And he really needs Chris Christie, who he also hates. But he needs all these people to be a drag on Nikki Haley. Because what he does not want is open field running. What is there... I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, Iowa does it differently. It's not it's not a vote. It's, it's caucuses, like 1,500 caucuses around the state, and people show up and they give speeches, and and then you all have to figure out what, what happened and somehow try to add it all up. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, 2016, I don't think Trump did well but I, at all, but I, but I um, was reading that his organization has done a much, much better job of what you need to do for a caucus, and that is get people who to be your caucus leader in those right. different caucuses, and and for those people to get people to show up. I mean, that's what it's, it's about organization more than quote unquote votes. Correct. Well, that's what political professionals will always tell you, uh, and and certainly certainly that's true up to a point. Um, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. Um, there, there is a long list of front running candidates who had bad outings in Iowa. Now the political professional class will tell you, well, if they'd have only paid us more, if they'd have only given us more resources to go and organize and look, there's truth to it. Uh, if you don't have a good ground game, you're going to leave, you're going to leave out votes that you should have had. But the other thing that happens in Iowa is they're ornery, they're cussed, they're stubborn, <laughs> And in for Democrats in 2008, they didn't want Hillary Clinton. They wanted Barack Obama. Uh, They didn't want Joe Biden. The Democrats didn't want Joe Biden in 2020. They didn't want Donald Trump in 2016. What we don't know is, and I I wrote about this uh, last week, there's real softness in Trump's support, right? Um, We're used to and correctly talk about the intensity of core Trump supporters, right? That third of the Republican Party that is on fire with a sort of evangelical zeal, uh, a religious kind of zeal for Donald Trump. They feel it, they mean it, and they're not they're not going to change for anybody. Right. But there are, and we saw it in the poll on January 6th, about January 6th, 17% of Trump supporters said that the January 6th attack was an attack on democracy and that it should never be forgotten. Now, those are people who say, and Donald Trump has always benefited from a lot of this support among Republicans. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he does bad things. But I think he's the best choice to, to I, I, we, we got to stick with our guy, basically. Um, they see him as he is. They understand who he is. And, but they're still willing to make the bargain. And what Nikki Haley is trying to do 
is get to a viability level that those voters, right, that 17% of Trump voters say, maybe we can do something different, right? So she's just trying to claw her way into, hey, maybe we could do something other than this. Uh, Chris Tywald is with us. Uh, two points um, Two points about that is that, uh, you know, Trump continues to say, you know, the election was stolen and, um, you know, January 6th was these, these people were hostages. And, and I thought Biden did the best thing he could do in terms of a campaign because uh, you may have noticed Bidenomics was not a big hit when they were doing the Bidenomics thing. So he went directly after Donald Trump. And I think that's his best play is to, is to go back to the playbook from 2020. However, uh, that also tells you that we like to think elections are about the future. And if, if Biden's best policy is to attack Trump for 2020 and all things associated with 2020 and January 6th, then this election, if it's going to be Biden-Trump, turns out to be a rerun and, uh, and a look back rather than a look forward. Your thoughts? So uh, the American people will vote for very liberal people. They'll vote for very conservative people. We know that there are lots of Americans who in their own political lives have alternated back and forth. I point to, out all the time about the millions and millions and millions of Americans who voted for Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Um, so they'll vote for very liberal people. They'll vote for very, they'll, they'll go far left. They'll go far right in, in the people they choose, but they're always choosing a person. They're always choosing, these persuadable voters are always choosing a person. They're not choosing an ideology. They're not choosing a uh, platform. They're choosing a person. And we have two deficient persons who are the front runners for the major party nominations. And they are deficient in ways that cannot be changed. Joe Biden is too old to be running for president. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody in the world knows that Joe Biden is too old to be running for president. And Donald Trump has disdain for the Constitution, and he has contempt for the uh, the strictures of power. He is a power hung. He is power mad in his own way. And these are that. So Biden's is a chronological <laughs> defect mm -hmm. primarily, and Trump's is a characterological defect. So these are the these are the the core problems, and they both have other problems. And I'm not saying that Joe Biden doesn't have other problems or Donald Trump doesn't have other problems, but at their core, Biden is too old and Trump is too thirsty, unhinged, cruel, whatever you want to say. So as you proceed, these persuadable voters, and here we're only talking between 5 and 15% of the electorate, these persuadable voters will be balancing the choice not between the past and the future, but between two people who are unfit in their own ways. And what Biden is hoping is that he can seem competent enough, right, that he can basically be, and they're right now the Biden campaign is debating the question of, can they afford to debate Trump? Because if Biden obviously melts down, you know, Trump uh, failed the test against Biden in 2020 in the debates. But if Biden vapor locks and loses and, and turns to a puddle of mush up there, that could be get, that could be game over. Um, so Biden's concern is, can he basically seem competent enough? Then he has to count on the fact that Trump will do most of the work for him in terrifying the American people.
and saying to that 17% of Trump voters, basically, hey, look, uh, I, I disagree with Joe Biden. I don't like his policies and I think he's too old, but Trump is making an explicit threat against the Republic and against the constitutional order. And that he is, as you say, unashamed of, uh, proud of enthusiastic about, and those are hard choices for people to make, but Biden has to figure that he can, he can basically stay on the road or close enough to the road. Uh, maybe he's going to have to drive down the shoulder, uh, but that he can basically pass that test and make the election a referendum on Trump's character. Chris Steyerwalt. Chris, good to talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you from Iowa. Is that okay? We'll track you down. Let's do it, man. I'm here for it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thanks to all who have sent in some fantastic pictures of your hunting and fishing adventures to our Hoodoo Sports Trophy Photo Contest. Check out the gallery at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. Also, submit your pictures now and get in on the final monthly drawing, plus the grand prize drawing, a Hoodoo Sports Fishing Kayak, for which we'll draw during the month of February. Learn how to submit your pick by clicking the Hoodoo Sports icon at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. And remember, if it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. Eye problems can become serious very quickly. The highly skilled retina specialists at the WVU Eye Institute use state-of-the-art technology to treat many eye diseases, including diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration, and retinal detachments. And our eye surgeons are the only ones in the state using 3D viewing systems, providing high-tech accuracy and safety for complex procedures. Trust your vision to the experts at the WVU Eye Institute. Visit wvumedicine.org eye. You're listening to TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia, when you want them. Brought to you by Burdett Camping Center, home of the RV warranty forever. Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. We are ready to get the day started in West Virginia with all of the information you need. Kerry Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. If you're getting your vehicle inspected, you'll have to go every two years instead of every year. A bill signed by Governor Jim Justice last year kicks in today that requires all vehicles in West Virginia to be inspected every other year. The cost of each inspection will increase from $14 to $19 to account for inflation. Joe Bracato at the Sports Desk. The college football playoff national championship game is now set. Top-seeded Michigan rallied past Alabama 27-20 in overtime. Washington defeated the Big 12's CFP representative in Texas by the final of 37-31 in the Sugar Bowl. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News This Morning, brought to you by Burdett Camping Center. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at wvmetronews.com. Metro News is your source for high school sports coverage and the exclusive home of the high school sports line presented by Farmar. Kyle Wiggs and Joe Bracato bring you the latest scores and news along with player and coach interviews and in-depth stories. Get your high school sports fix all winter long. The high school sports line presented by Farmar Wednesday nights at 706 here on the Metro News radio network and online at WVMetroNews.com. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host for Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that'll keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com.
Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Talk Line from the Encova Insurance Studios in the Dale Miller Building. A couple of months ago, the news came out about Mary Lou Retton, Fairmont, West Virginia native, Olympic gold medalist, that she was very, very ill. And uh, she lives in Texas, and she was in a hospital in Texas, and she had serious lung problems, breathing problems, a very rare case of very rare kind of pneumonia. Uh, There wasn't much information coming out, uh, some from her daughters to suggest that uh, this was a life-threatening health scare, more than a scare, life-threatening health problem she was having. There was a GoFundMe set up because she didn't have any health insurance. Well, this morning... The Today Show aired an interview with her, and I, I think it's probably the first interview with her since she was so seriously ill. And Carrie Hudasek monitored that interview and joins us in our Charleston studios. So, Carrie, good morning. What did Mary Lou say? Yeah, good morning, Hoppy. So, yeah, we all know Mary Lou and as that first American woman to win the all-around gold medal in an Olympic gymnastics. And But she says today on the Today Show, you know, she's never had a near-death experience quite like this before. And she did call it a near-death experience. Uh, and we know that she went to that hospital back in October. She was diagnosed with that rare form of pneumonia. But what we're just learning today is how she actually got there. So she, uh, she told anchor Hoda Cobb on the Today Show this morning, she had just gotten a manicure with her daughter. They were having a a great day and uh, this was the day before she went to the hospital the next day she collapsed on her bedroom floor not knowing what was wrong and she was struggling to breathe so here's part of what she said I literally was laying on my bedroom floor and I said I cannot I can't do this I didn't know what was wrong with me what did you feel I, I couldn't breathe that's when a neighbor noticed her car door was left open in her driveway at the time so that neighbor then came over to check on her she came in the house, she knows my code, and saw me and found me. Oh my and gosh. Pretty much saved my life. I mean, I was, I don't know, what did she say, white and blue and... I, yeah, I don't even remember it. Do you remember seeing her? I remember them coming in, um, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, she said that's when she was rushed to the hospital. She stayed there for a few days and then was let go. Her daughter, uh, Shayla, who joined her during the interview this morning, said that's when things really took a turn for the worse. And that's when we started to see these Instagram posts from her daughter about her mom's health. Her oxygen levels were dangerously low. Doctors even thought about putting her on life support. Um, And her daughters were even at her bedside and said in the interview they were holding her mom's hand, telling her, you know, it's okay, mom. It's okay to go. We're here for for you and somehow yeah somehow she was able to pull through and uh, all this while she couldn't afford health insurance as well Um, and so the doctors still to this day uh, Retton said they they don't know what her future holds Um, but as as you can tell she looks a little bit different she's wearing a breathing tube um, but she's remains pretty positive especially with that contagious smile she has so here's what she had to say about everything she went through I'm a fighter yeah you are I'm not gonna give up I'm not going to give up. I have no idea what the future holds for me. I don't know if I'm going to have lasting issues with my lungs. They don't know. I mean, I wish I had answers, but I would never give up. It's not in me. Yeah, that's Mary Lou. I mean, obviously, she's extremely competitive. We know that from her Olympic days. But uh, she did have, she was a very, very sick person. And you can tell by the interview today, she's better, Carrie. But also, you can just tell there's not as much strength in her voice. And as you said, she is on oxygen. 
Right. I mean, even during, you know, times when she was trying to speak, she kind of tried to, you know, gasp for air a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not as energetic, but um, still just like such a positive human being, too. I mean, she said this is probably the first interview she's done where it's not positive. (laughs) You know, normally it's, hey, I won the Olympics. This is awesome. But she said it's it's definitely this is about her life. And of course, she'll be um, I went to go look up her age. She'll be 56 on Mm -hmm. January 24th. Carrie, also, she was asked, Mary Loretton doesn't have health insurance? That that part yeah. came up, right? She, yeah, she couldn't afford it. She does have it now, but she said just going through the COVID pandemic and she had a divorce and then she had all these other osteopathic um, you know, things come up. Uh, she, she didn't have it. And that was brought up in the interview, too. Like, how could America's sweetheart not have health insurance? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so... That was that was a question I think everybody had. And so she didn't have health insurance. And maybe there's financial struggles there. She did go through a divorce. And she's had, what, how many surgeries? How many surgeries has she had? She had like 30 about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, geez. Okay. Well, she's on the mend, had a very positive attitude in that interview. And, you know, she's a fighter, so it was good for... Good for everybody in West Virginia, good for America to see America's sweetheart on the on the way back today. Yeah, it yeah. certainly was, Hoppy. All right, thanks, Kerry. Kerry, who just said? On that interview that the Today Show had with Mary Lou Retton. Text Hoppy, I'm pretty certain that if Donald Trump had not run in 2024, Joe Biden would not be running. He thought that when Trump lost in 2020, he would go away, says the texter. Hoppy, Chris must have taken a stupid pill this morning. How is Donald Trump mean? How does he hate the Constitution? Joe Biden is the one who has no respect for the Constitution. He weaponized the Department of Justice to bring false charges against Donald Trump. How did Trump incite a government overthrow? So many Democrats have said worse. Two-tier justice system, says the texter. Text copy, I believe or hope that you and Mr. Steyerwalt, forgive the spelling, realize that most people are voting regarding policies, not personalities. Me, I believe Trump's policies are far superior to our current president. I would rate rather go to dinner with Biden. That doesn't mean I want him running the country, says the texter. I'll be Democrats believe putting America first is Trump's biggest character flaw. I'll be being too old, being unlikable, abortion, immigration, none of that matters when people are spending their savings, retirements, and child's college fund to live. This is what most people will be thinking about when marking the ballot this year, says the texter. All right, we're going to break when we come back on Metro News Talk Line. When we come back, we'll tell you about an angel funding program that's to create startups in West Virginia. Get an update on that and also more texts at 304-TALK-304. 304-TALK-304 all ahead on Talk Line on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia. It's 10.30. Let's, it's 11.30. It's 11.30. Let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Radio Network. Find out what's happening statewide this hour all across the great state of West Virginia. West Virginia Metro News. I'm Jeff Jenkins. West Virginia legend Mary Lou Retton says she doesn't remember much about her serious medical episode last fall that nearly claimed her life. Retton granted her first interview to the NBC Today show, which aired earlier today. The Fairmont native says she never had lung problems before. Kanawha County native Randy Moss is a member of the latest class of the College Football Hall of Fame. Moss, who played at Marshall, 
Learned of his selection while working on ESPN's NFL Countdown on Sunday. And first of all, my wife and my kids, man, but all of my teammates at Marshall, my coach, Coach Pruitt, Marshall University, go hurt, man, stand up. College football, Hall of Fame. Moss is already a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The grassroots efforts in connection with the deaths at the Southern Regional Jail in Raleigh County say they plan to be at the state capitol during the regular legislative session. The Poor People's Campaign had a rally outside the state capitol office of Governor Jim Justice on Saturday. Bishop William Barber says inmates deserve better treatment. Not one time did the judge say it was a death sentence. And even if it was a death sentence, no security guard or jailer has a right to execute, to strangle, to bludgeon to death, to beat. And so something smells in West Virginia. More on the rally at WVMetroNews.com. Longtime state senator from McDowell County, John Pat Fanning, has died. He last served in 2012. He served for more than 30 years in the Senate. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. I'm David Foster, landscape architect with Civil and Environmental Consultants. Being born and raised in West Virginia and attending WVU, I really wanted to be able to stay home and have an impactful career. After joining CEC, it became apparent that CEC was committed to West Virginia and would be an avenue for me to stay in this great state and be a part of something special. At CEC, we engineer progress in the great state of West Virginia. Find out what CEC can do for you at wearecec.com. Looking forward to relaxing on your holiday break? It's also a great time to explore college, and you can do it right from your phone. We invite you to explore Fairmont State University's low tuition, great majors, caring, down-to-earth teacher mentors, and our friendly laid-back campus vibe. Like what you see? Remember, applying to Fairmont State is always free and easy. And the best part? You don't even have to leave your couch. You were born to soar. Learn more at fairmontstate.edu. It's not a full day of school for 18 school districts in West Virginia that began the day on a delayed schedule. Those decisions associated with the snow and ice left over from the weekend. The National Weather Service has already posted high wind warnings and a wind advisory for parts of West Virginia tomorrow. There's a ribbon cutting set for this hour at the WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center in Martinsburg for an expanded Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute. They are adding a new expanded 14,000 square foot clinic there. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Jeff Jenkins. Talk line on Metro News from the Encova Insurance Studios. WVU Medicine Children's provides the most advanced surgical and non-surgical solutions for chest wall problems. Their expert team creates a comprehensive, customized care plan for your child. And their pediatric surgeons use the latest techniques in chest wall surgery that minimize pain and promote faster healing. So your child can get back to being a kid again sooner. Call 855-WVU-CARE or visit wvukids.com. It's wvukids.com. The startup business picture in West Virginia looking brighter all the time. Of course, we talked about that, that LG investment. We've talked about that a lot. But also, there's the Country Roads Angel Network. This is a, um, a, an organization that invests in startups in West Virginia. And it's, it's on the ground floor of something that is done all across the country. West Virginia has been kind of slow uh, to get on track on this, but they've been doing it for a couple of years now. 
and the new president of Country Roads Angel Trust, Frank Vitale, is with us, as well as Kyle Gillis. Kyle Gillis is co-founder of Iconic Air, and they are beneficiaries of the Angel Network, and they both join me on Metro News Talkline. Frank, let me start with you. Explain to me more precisely what the Country Roads Angel Network does. Well, good morning, Hoppy, and thank you for having us yeah. on. Yeah, it, it's really exciting. Uh, uh, Country Roads Angel Network, or as we uh, refer to it as CRAN, uh, is really well positioned right now to be at the epicenter of, of economic activity, but most importantly, inspiring entrepreneurs to bring their ideas to the table here in West Virginia. And we bring those entrepreneurs in partnership with investors. There are, there are so many folks in West Virginia that want to invest in West Virginia business, and CRAN is the connector to make that happen. Is it happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And, and, and look, um, you, know, the, you know, the book, Good to Great, Don't Let yes. you know, Good Be the Enemy of Great. I mean, we're, we're, we are pressing forward. We've put over $1.2 million in investments already just with six companies. You're about to hear from one of the, one of the great opportunities that we've had to partner with with Iconic Air. And so it is happening. We're getting, you know, we're ramping up. And, and this year, 2024, we are well positioned and we're going to march forward. And that's part of my charge is to get out there across the state, all 55 counties. We want to provide opportunities for both investors and encourage entrepreneurs to bring their ideas to the table. Frank Vitale, new president of the Country Roads Angel Network, a venture capital startup investment group. Also joining us is Kyle Gillis, co-founder of Iconic Air, one of the beneficiaries of the Angel Network. Kyle, good morning. Welcome in. What is Iconic Air? What do you all do? Good morning, Oppie, and thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so what we do at Iconic Air, you know, in a very simple explanation is Iconic Air, you can think of as the TurboTax for carbon accounting. So, like, one of the biggest trends in the world today is that companies need to get a better handle on what they're putting out in the environment, whether that's carbon or methane, and we help them uh, with that from a software perspective. So we work with, you know, a lot of oil and gas companies in the region, including, you know, diversified energy that is very, you know, uh, relevant in West Virginia. So how did you all get that idea? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, it's a long story, but to keep it real tight and short for you here, we started as a STEM education company back when uh, my co-founder James Carnes and I were at West Virginia University. We entered the West Virginia Business Plan Competition. We got slapped around a little bit and told, hey, you guys really need to step it up if you want to you know, grow this company and make it into, into something big. And slowly over time, we've pivoted the company two, three, four different times over the last three or four years. And uh, today, uh, you know, that's how we landed on this this carbon accounting concept. Yeah, Kyle Aguilas and uh, Frank Vitale with us. So, Kyle, where when you start when you had this idea and you started and you said you got slapped around a little bit and you had to had to pivot somewhat. And then, did you have any backers? And then, how important was the Country Roads Angel Network to getting you guys rolling? Yeah, I mean, great question. We were very fortunate where we were juniors at West Virginia at the time. So in terms of, hey, do we have to get this thing off the ground in under six months? The answer was no. We had time to fail and kind of learn from those failures and pick ourselves back up and learn how to make a little bit of money in the process, right? I would I confidently say here today that had we not had that extra year of runway of learning and then that um, capital from CRAN, that two to $300,000 of, of pre-seed funding to kind of get us going, I'm pretty confident that our business wouldn't be where it is today, right? 
and um, Cran was able to, to back us in the early days, uh, back um, you know people who at the time maybe didn't know 100% what they were doing, but they gave us the capital. They knew that we had a good idea and were good individuals, and that pretty much was enough capital to get us to the next stage, which was a $5 million seed round to continue growing the company. Mm. So Frank, uh, Frank Vitale, new president of Country Roads Angel Network, I'm still, I'm ashamed to admit, I'm still kind of getting used to all this in West Virginia because this has not been our strong suit, frankly, for years. This has not been our strong suit. And, and we're, in terms of other states around the country, we're probably behind, but are we, are we catching up now? Are we finally getting to this point where we're attracting venture capitalists and investors to try to put money into like what uh, Kyle and his partner are doing? Yeah, I, I think you're, you're, you know, your observation is on point. That said, we have to start somewhere, right? And, yeah. and I think we are making strides. You know, I just want to point out, you know, Kyle, you know, what he said is, you know, coming through WVU, right? We, we hear from our, our academic institutions, WVU, Marshall, and others, they're doing their part and, and doing more than ever, right? And we, we know that, that state government is stepping up their game, economic development and and, and so many things are coming together. We hear about the LG announcement that you mentioned earlier in the show. So those opportunities are great, but we have to bring private investment to the table. Right. That's where CRAN comes in. What I'm excited about is that it's not just 1.2 million that we've put in these six companies. CRAN is a force multiplier, right? We are. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. Okay, sorry. We take, <laughs> we take the 1.2 million, right? And if you if you ca- if you leverage that, we can attribute that to 10 million in investment because of capital stacking. What does that mean? It means that we are able to invest in a company like Iconic Air. They can then go get matching monies and other monies to help them grow. So it is a it is a force multiplier to get more capital to the table. So Kyle, how you it was just two guys at WVU. What are you now? Is it still two guys, or are you growing? What are you now? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, great question. So today, we have about fifteen. We employ about fifteen people across the country, and we're a remote-first workforce, right? So everyone from engineering to business development folks work in different areas, including we have multiple employees in West Virginia. And I would say that one of the things that we're most proud about is every single year we fly everyone who's in the company today back to West Virginia. You typically for a West Virginia football game, for volunteering, for educating them on the area, and giving you know business back to the area that we come from. So that's something I would say that, that, you know, something that we're passionate about, you know, being born and raised in the state and then being able to take it all over the country. Yeah. How important is that to you? That's that's really cool because you said you're from where you're from in West Virginia. So I'm from Wheeling, born and raised. And okay. my co-founder, James Carnes, is born and raised in Weirton. Yeah. So, wow. So you are you guys are from parts of the state that have seen some of the struggles associated with, for lack of a better term, I'll call the old economy. Uh, what are your thoughts about the fact that you and your partner are in this, are creating this new economy here in this state, in this state? I mean, it's incredible. Um, I had no idea that, you know, what I'm doing today was even a thing when I was in high school, <laughs> and even to start a college, right? I didn't know it was possible to go out and be able to, uh, um, capture, you know, take other people's money who want to take a bet on you because you've shown signals of success. And they and, and that we can form an agreement and you can go try to grow a big tech company. There's never been a better time to do it. And I'll say one more thing, Hoppy. One thing that's funny is when you have a group of 15, 16, 17 people standing around you and this other young founder from West Virginia and everyone around you is older than you and from, from other areas. And they look at you and they go, 
man, well, you know, thank you for doing this. You know, how did you come up with this? And, and where, you know, where do you come from? The thing, the thing that's funny to me is I don't usually have a good answer. But when you look back on our lives, the only thing that I can really say is, hey, we're from West Virginia and we make pretty, pretty hard people. Right. We came up during a time exactly as you allude to where it's uh, we're going from legacy to a modern economy. So I think West Virginia has more to do with creating you know, successful entrepreneurs than we've maybe realized to date. Frank, what do you make of Kyle's story? No, I, I think it's an inspiration and, and, and to others. I mean, one of the things you talk about, you know, where is West Virginia, especially nationally, when it comes to these kinds of things, we, you know, if nothing else, we want – it's a network, right? We want mm-hmm. people to join the network and invest. But that said, we really want to inspire innovation. We want to inspire entrepreneurship. and entre- You know, these are the kinds of things, stories like Iconic Air, stories like Kyle, they inspire. and We want to inspire young innovators and we want to create a culture in West Virginia where people want to bring their ideas. They want to develop those ideas and get them to market. That is really, that is great. That is great. These are great. This is a great story. Uh, Kyle, congratulations to you and your partner. Keep up the great work. I'm glad you're having success. I'm glad you're you know, hanging here in West Virginia and you stayed in the state to do it. Frank Vitale, new president of Country Roads Angel Network, a venture capital startup investment group here in West Virginia, having success. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Appreciate it. Thank you, Javi. Thank you. Thank you, Javi. Thank you. We'll break. We'll be right back. When we come back, he's going in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's one of the most... Um, one of the most, some might argue, some might argue the best athlete ever to, ever to come out of the state. Some might argue that. That's next. West Virginia, high-speed fiber internet is coming, and CityNet is helping lead the way to connection. CityNet is West Virginia's local technology company. Their home office's phone number starts with 304. And long after the West Virginia fiber project is completed, CityNet will still be your local internet connection. No more 1-800-I-can't-talk-to-a-human. Reach out to your neighbors at CityNet. When it comes to technology, CityNet connects, protects, and perfects. Every house tells a story, and that's where I come in. My name is Erin Weston, and my husband and I own Calendar Construction in Charleston. I'm also a West Virginia Promise Scholarship recipient. After I graduated from WVU, I knew I wanted to carve a career in West Virginia. Building a small business and helping people see the potential in their home, now that's a great story. Proceeds from the West Virginia Lottery have helped generate nearly $876 million to Promise Scholarships since 2002 for students like Erin. West Virginia Lottery. What if you played? It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, the Health Plan. Hello, my name is Haley Bunn, and I'm running as an incumbent for the West Virginia Supreme Court. I'm a coal miner's daughter and a lifelong West Virginian who has the honor of being the youngest woman ever to serve on the Supreme Court. I was appointed by Governor Jim Justice after many years in private practice and seven years as a federal prosecutor fighting violent crime and the opioid epidemic. I'm a Christian, a mother, and a wife, and I'd be honored to have your vote. Vote Justice Haley Bunn for West Virginia Supreme Court. Paid for by Haley Bunn for West Virginia. This is Talk Line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. 
this Saturday and every Saturday throughout the high school basketball season. Don't miss the high school basketball roundup, a weekly update of high school teams across the mountain state featuring scores, rankings, and in-depth features. Join Kyle Wiggs, Joe Bricado, and your host, Fred Persinger, for the latest high school basketball news on the high school basketball roundup from the voice of high school sports in West Virginia, the Metro News Radio Network. Hi, this is Hoppy Kirchival, inviting you to join me weekdays from 10.06 till noon for Metro News Talk Line. Each day, I try to provide the very latest news and information about our state and our nation. I interview newsmakers and thought leaders who help us better understand these stories. Yes, I mix in my observations, but mostly I just want us to be better informed. So I'm inviting you to be my radio and streaming companion as we sort out and work through the news and information of each day. That's Talk Line, weekdays, 10.06 till noon on this Metro News Radio Station. Hey everybody, it's Tony Caridi. And I'm Brad Howe. And that makes two of the three guys that bring you the podcast entitled Creatively Enough. Three guys before the game. It's our opportunity to really drill down on WVU football and basketball. We break down the opponent and then review every single game. We'll give you some numbers. We'll bicker back and forth. We'll take your calls, your texts, your tweets, and get into some of your questions. And we invite you to join us each and every episode at Three Guys Before the Game from Metro News. Metro News Capital Report, bringing you the latest news from the West Virginia State Capitol Complex and the 2024 Legislative Session. Hoppy Kerchival, Jeff Jenkins, Brad McElhinney, and the rest of the Metro News staff bring you daily updates on what's happening inside the House of Delegates and State Senate, including committee meetings and introduction of bills. Each weekday morning and afternoon, get the Capital Report on your favorite Metro News radio station. News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Talk Line from the Encova Insurance Studios. Want to sweeten your new year? Now you can play the new $10 supersized big sweet instant game from the West Virginia Lottery. There's 26 ways to win, including a chance to win a $50,000 top prize. Now wouldn't that be sweet? Get yours at a participating West Virginia Lottery retailer. Marshall University Great Randy Moss going into the College Football, National Football Foundation's College Football Hall of Fame. It has been announced. Keith Morehouse, longtime sports director, WSAZ-TV, uh, longtime associate of Randy's and covered him while he was at Marshall, continued to cover him, joins us on TalkLine. Hey, uh, Keith, good morning. And uh, so Moss, very well deserved. There's no question about that, right? Absolutely. Oh, I, yeah. Hey, Hop, good to, good to talk to you again. Um, yeah, I just I think uh, that one of the things that people say when you tell them about that or they haven't heard it is what took so long. But um, just a you know a generational talent, once in a lifetime talent maybe uh, that um, you know has come through West Virginia. Uh, we saw him in high school at Dupont, yep. where you know he was so good. Hop, we would well, our photographer would just ISO on him, and and it'd be like a, a replay that you see nowadays. Yeah, just just Randy running past somebody and scoring and. And then he did it, of course, at Marshall at the 1AA level. The next year in 97, they moved up uh, with that historic game in West Virginia, at West Virginia, and played at the 1A level, All-American, Blitnikoff guy. And then everybody who questioned, oh, well, he did it in West Virginia, the high school level, football's not very good, or he did it 1AA, and then he did it in the MAC. And then 
every time someone would say that, I said, just just wait till you see him play. And then, of course, he did it in the NFL. And, and you know, is widely regarded as the greatest deep threat player in the history of the NFL and, and among the very best wide receivers ever. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's anybody who would say that he's not – as gifted a football player and athlete as we've ever seen. Keith Morehouse is with us, WSAZ-TV. These numbers, I had, to, I had to look twice at these numbers. He only played two years at Marshall. He caught 174 passes, 3,500 yards, and 54 touchdowns. And 54 touchdowns in two years. I mean, that's, that's, those are freak numbers. Uh, when did you, when you were, you were aware of him when he was in high school, I mean, when did you think this guy is different? Honestly, it was high school, you know, just because, you also, uh, but there was a little thought in your mind. Maybe it's because he's, you know, he's six four and mm-hmm. he could jump out of the gym and rangy and, and had great hands. But I, I don't think I realized that hop until I saw him in person at Marshall and just watched what he did, uh, just to different defenses. It, it didn't matter who they played. I mean, he, he was so uh, graceful, like a gazelle, and and he could run fast. He could avoid hits, uh, and and he his hands were so good. I, I just. It was the combination of the speed and the skill and the athleticism, and when you saw it week after week, and uh, and then you you know there was there was thought well when they played Ole Miss in the '97 uh, Motor City Bowl, they hadn't been to a bowl in 50 years because they hadn't been 1A, and mm-hmm. the first play of scrimmage Pennington season with single coverage against an SEC defensive back, and and Randy runs right past him, and 80 yards later it was a touchdown. It was just you you just were in awe of his talents and. You know, I remember the Army game where he, you know, he hurdled the Army safety and, and one of the great highlights that we've ever seen. And he just did things that you you, you can't even draw up. And, and coaches, you know, great football coaches will all tell you the same thing. I mean, Bobby Bowden said he was the greatest he'd ever seen. And uh, he was recruited by Florida and Notre Dame. And, of course, right, you right. know, greatest colleges out there. And um, he was just a, a legendary talent and we were lucky enough to see him in his prime. Keith, okay, here's the loaded question. Is he the GOAT? Is he the GOAT of all athletes to ever come out of the state? Uh, I think so. And, and you know, you're talking about some great athletes, Hop. I, I know, obviously, Jerry West was, was you know, a, a once-in-a-generational talent himself in basketball. But just for an athletic, gifted standpoint, I, I don't think there's an argument. I mean, he he could have been some, you know, he played semi-professional basketball he he was a great baseball player he won the southern conference 60 meter uh track and field race in tennis shoes the only time he ever ran <laughs> track at marshall he just he was it was just silly the things he could do in any sport um and yeah i, I would have to say yes i think he's and and i would argue you know you put him up in the category of the Deion sanders and bo jackson's is is you know athletically in in our world in our universe one of the greatest to ever play the game. Mm. I think so. Wow. Uh, how do you think he does as an announcer, as an analyst at ESPN? Yeah, that's funny you say that because, you know, as you know, back to when we covered him, you know, Randy was a, a little bit uh, not dismissive of the media. He never, you know, turned down an interview and was always, you know, always there for you. But sometimes he was, uh, you might say, a little moody or a little, yes. maybe just distrustful of the media. He mm-hmm. thought sometimes that people had given him a bad rap and, and that's understandable. And so I never thought he would go into that part of the business. But when he did, just like Randy does, he he took to it. And the thing I find uh, that's most uh, fun to watch when he does his NFL uh, work on ESPN is just he he he's real. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, he is. He's yes. not fake because you know you you can't fake it in what you do or what I do. People figure you out pretty yeah. quickly. And so it's it's just his homespun 
Randyisms that uh, kind of make him uh, kind of fun to watch and listen to. I think he's done a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, he's authentic. I would call him authentic. Yes, that's would a be. great word. Yeah, yeah. He, I, one yeah. of my one of my favorite Randy Moss quotes was this: This one he's playing in the NFL and he's frustrated with the media, and at at some point he said. From now on, I'm going to ask the questions and answer them, <laughs> which, which was priceless. It, it was great. One time I was at practice, and I, and I asked Coach Pruitt if, if Randy was available. And he Pruitt yells across the field. He goes, Randy, you, uh, you got time for a TV interview? And Randy yells back, not unless he's got a Heisman vote. And he started laughing, and he came over <laughs> and did the interview. He, uh, right. he can be engaging. And, and uh, you know, he opened a new restaurant in Huntington a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. We got to sit down with him. And uh, he, he's um, – uh, he's he's uh, really reflected and and wants to, and has always wanted to bring back good things to West Virginia and still considers himself a West Virginian. So I, I think that's nice too that he's uh, he's given back yes. to his home state for sure. Yeah. Keith Morehouse, WSAZ TV. Keith, uh, great insights. Good to talk to you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you, Hop. Appreciate okay, pal. You. Talk to you. Met Coal makes steel. Did you know that metallurgical coal impacts our daily lives in many ways? It's the coal used in the steel making process, driving over a bridge, or loading your family into an automobile. You experience the value of metallurgical coal. Most Met Coal produced in the United States is found right here in our Appalachian basins. Infrastructure, comfort, and convenience. All made possible by metallurgical coal. Learn more about Met Coal and the impact of the Metallurgical Coal Producers Association at metcoalproducers.com. And remember, Met Coal makes steel. We can all agree that hearing aids are expensive. No more. Fruit Pharmacy now offers hearing aids at affordable pricing. You can find the perfect over-the-counter NuvoMed hearing aid, and you'll have money left over to go to a concert and put that new aid to the test. Choose from the DigiEar Plus, Max, Pro, or Lite. Not only are you saving hundreds of dollars, but you also get a one-year warranty. And NuvoMed has a 45-day money-back guarantee. Visit your local Fruit today for your next hearing aid. Your hometown family pharmacy for over seven years. Every house tells a story, and that's where I come in. My name is Erin Weston, and my husband and I own Calendar Construction in Charleston. I'm also a West Virginia Promise Scholarship recipient. After I graduated from WVU, I knew I wanted to carve a career in West Virginia. Building a small business and helping people see the potential in their home, now that's a great story. Proceeds from the West Virginia Lottery have helped generate nearly $876 million to Promise Scholarships since 2002 for students like Erin. West Virginia Lottery. What if you played? West Virginia is home. It's where we work, live, and raise our families. At the heart of our communities are West Virginia hospitals and their compassionate caregivers. From life-saving treatments and emergency care to wellness support and screening services, we are improving your quality of life through extraordinary achievements and amazing results. West Virginia hospitals. Your health is the heartbeat of our communities. You're listening to Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. No matter where we stalk the fish, they're ultimately going to look for the best suitable habitat. And as an angler, that's the secret of learning how to read the water and learning where the fish are most likely to be staged for feeding. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just 
compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. And then right after the cold spell, he started to pattern, and uh, I came in, and it was the first time I'd hunted him in a morning. About 8.30, he strolled in, and uh, I finally connected with two days left in the season, really. West Virginia Outdoors covers it all, Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, Outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Hey everybody, it's Tony Caridi. And I'm Greg Hunter. And I'm Brad Howe. And we invite you to join us Sunday through Fridays right here on the Metro News Radio Network. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. We talk West Virginia University football, basketball, baseball, you name it. If it's got anything to do with the Golden Blue, we're on it. And don't forget the text line available every night. So we invite you to join us. The Senator, Coach Hunter, and me, Tony Caridi. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line on Metro News. News in the Mountain State happens quick and for decades you have depended on metro news for accurate news delivered fast now here's your chance to help keep your fellow west virginians informed if you see news happening become a metro news hawk by texting news to 35651 if you take a picture or video of what you see submit that as well text the word news to 35651 to submit your tip or story standard texting rates apply please don't text and drive Uh, that's it. Out of time. We're going to record three guys here in just a little bit, and I'll be at the Capitol on Wednesday. But I'll see you tomorrow on this program from right here. This is Talk Line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.